All right, welcome to Geared Up from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Wow, we have got a lot to talk about today. We are recording this just about an hour after Apple stepped off the stage in, right. in Cupertino at the new Steve Jobs Theater, where they unveiled a big range of products. An array. An array, including the new iPhone 10. iPhone Andrew, 10. That's not right. X, the 10. I messed up. <laughs> iPhone 10. That's right. So we are going to be talking about that on the show, doing some first impressions and also some things that might have surprised folks and, and right. some things that were expected. So let's just get started, Andrew, by asking what were mm. what were the key facts to know about the new iPhone 10, which is the new high end of Apple's smartphone range? The key facts about yes. the iPhone 10. I guess the first thing that people are going to want to know if you're listening to the show or watching, is how much does it cost? That's right. And the iPhone 10 starts at $999 for the 64 gigabyte model. So not a thousand. Not a thousand. One dollar less than a thousand. That's right. That's right. 999, 64 gigs. And then if you jump up to 256 gigabytes, you're paying $150 more. So who is going to get this device? Because there's also new iPhone 8s, which we're going to talk right. about a little bit later on. How would you describe the typical person who's going to be going out and saying, I need this new flagship iPhone 10? Um, I think it's going to be the same people who, so this right here is the Galaxy Note 8, which if this wasn't a big Apple day, we'd be covering uh, the release of this. The same people who would buy the Galaxy Note 8 on Android, which this is a $930 device, um, goes up to 960 depending on which carrier you buy it from. These are the early adopters. These are people who are excited about technology, who want the latest and greatest, the best. So it's kind of like, as you can see here behind us, we have the price array for all the different iPhone models that are being sold. So if you want the older iPhones, the iPhones of yesteryear, if you will, you're starting at $349. If you want the current iPhone, this is how I see it, the iPhone 8, $699. If you want next year's iPhone today, then you're paying $9.99 for the iPhone X. So basically you're paying for the future technology to get it now. Very good. Okay, so in terms of features on the iPhone X, a lot of things were leaked in advance. Oh, yeah. Things like the 3D face recognition. Yep. And the ability to sign in that way. Uh, the new edge-to-edge -edge display. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that you would call out after seeing the presentation as the hallmark feature or features of this particular device? Um, wow. Well, I guess, I mean, when you look at the marketing... Right off the bat, Apple is really marketing the display. Like, it's a new bezel-less display. Um, it supports HDR. It supports Dolby Vision. And it's OLED. So all of this is kind of what shapes the phone. Everything else you do with the phone is it goes back to the display. So I think that's really the main standout feature. But a lot of the other things are pretty big as well, like the Face ID. Being able to unlock your phone just by holding it up and you don't even have to hold it right in front of your face. You just kind of have it in the vicinity of your face. Um, I think that's really good. And the fact that they said, you know, it's, it's what was it, like uh, 20 times more secure than Touch ID. Um, Touch ID being the fingerprint the reader. fingerprint reader. So, you know, there's a lot there. Um, it was funny how it Touch ID failed. Um, the first time they tried to use it. Well, Face ID did. Face ID, right. sorry. Craig Face Federici ID was up, up on failed. stage. Now, I wanted to ask you about that. He first showed it up. Obviously, they had a backup device he went to yes. quickly. How big of a PR nightmare was that? And does it indicate potential technical problems with Face ID? Uh, well, we were, we were rushing between the end of the presentation to kind of get ready to do the show. But I did see a headline. I didn't get to click on it and read it, that the failure was not actually Face ID. It was something else that failed. So I don't know what that was, but I don't think it's a big deal, quite honestly. I mean, 
we've seen like huge blunders on stages that you know in the past from both Apple and Microsoft, for example, these companies are doing fine. These products sell fine as long so, as the product comes out and it works for exactly. people who use it. People will forget about yes, that moment. Yes, 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 exactly. Like we'll make fun of Apple for it for a little bit. I made fun of him on Twitter saying his Apple Watch was probably uh, telling him about his heart rate. But um, yeah, I think the the iPhone 10 very expensive, prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. So I think that's the main thing to get out there is. Apple released the 8 and 8 Plus specifically to address people who want to buy the normal iPhone, who want their yearly upgrade. Um, They did not just release a $1,000 iPhone, which is what a lot of people assumed was happening. Oh, if I want the new iPhone, I have to pay $1,000. No, you can get the iPhone 8 with improvements over last year's model. If you want the iPhone 10, that's where you have to pay that extra fee. So we talked a little bit about the Face ID. What does the edge-to-edge display do? Like when you're actually using this device, what does it do for you as a user? Is it just the fact that it's maximizing screen size or do you actually get some extra utility out of the device because it has this larger edge-to-edge screen? Right. Well, first of all, it's a new aspect ratio. I believe it's an 18 by 9 aspect ratio. So it's it's thinner and taller with more space, 5.8 inches. So the previous, uh, one of the rumors that did not, turn out to be true was that it would be 5.8 inches but only 5.5 would be usable and at the bottom there'd be like a, a, a like a fake strip with a, a software home button and things like that no it's actually a full size you can use the whole display for ios so it's much easier to use one-handed because the device is smaller but the screen is larger so that's a big deal when you compare it to the iphone 8 plus for example and then the dolby vision the hdr like the fact that the screen is so much brighter than your average OLED, any OLED you've seen in the past that did not support that, if you took it out in the bright sun, you wouldn't be able to see your screen. Or if you have your sunglasses on, you can't see your screen. Now you can. So you, Yeah, you're raising a very important point. The, the home button is gone. Home button's gone. Completely gone. So how do you open the device? So Face ID. Right, Face ID. And Face ID, you don't have to activate it. So with Touch ID, in order to activate Touch ID, you have to pick up your phone and put your thumbprint on the phone to activate it. With Face ID, as soon as it senses that the phone is moving, it knows, oh, let me look for someone's face. So as soon as you lift up your phone, it's already unlocked. As long as your eyes, they, they made sure to make this clear, as long as you're paying attention to the phone. So you have to be looking at your phone. So if, if you're sleeping and someone takes your phone and holds it up to your face, <laughs> it will not unlock. Wow, because Which, your eyes are closed? Because your eyes are closed. You're not paying attention to the phone, yes. Wow. So you have to be paying attention to the phone in order for Face ID to work, which I think is a pretty ingenious feature, because you know, again, if you're if you're in someone if you're with somebody in like sharing a hotel room or whatever, and someone grabs your phone and you're asleep and they just hold up the phone up to your face, that's not cool. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's not good. So they actually put in some of these fail safes to make sure if you're paying attention to your phone, you lift it up, it unlocks. Then all you have to do is swipe up. You okay. swipe up and you're in your phone. So that's what I was going to ask. So obviously that's how you unlock it is you yes. use the Face ID. But what if you're just using your phone and you want to get right. back to the home screen? Right. So if you're using your phone, you're in an app. Let's say you're reading your email. You want to go back to the home screen. You swipe from the bottom. And you just swipe up. And it, sw- it basically swipes the app back into its icon. If you swipe up halfway and release, then you go into multitasking mode. So if you just swipe up. It closes the app. If you swipe up halfway and release, it goes into multitasking. Multitasking meaning... Right, it's when, like the double tap on right, the current, exactly. so current home button. Exactly. So you can basically do the carousel Exactly, of, right. Of go back and windows. forth between apps. Yeah. So 
those are those two things. And then so swipe up currently right now takes it to control center. So what they've done is there is a they call them ears internally. So there's two ears at the top of the display, which are separated by the sensor bar. So if you pull down from the left ear versus the right ear, you get two different things. Pull down from the left ear, you're going to get your notification center. Pull down from the right ear, you get your control center, which today is the swipe up from the bottom. So everything's still there. You I, haven't I, lost any functionality. I got to point out, you know who uh, was an early innovator of this approach? Microsoft. Really? In Windows 8. In Windows 8. This is this was their approach. You swipe in from the left, swipe up from the bottom to do a variety of different tasks. That's how they handled uh, a lot of the touch issues in Windows 8, one of the, the least popular operating systems ever. So it'll be interesting to see if, <laughs> if Apple can have some success with this approach here. Right, right. I mean, it is... It is going to take a relearning yes. if you're used to using iOS because it's it's iOS and iPhones have been pretty much the same for the past 10 years as far as how the interface works. As far as when you, when you swipe a certain way, whether it's swiping up, swiping down, left or right or double tapping, whatever, it, it works pretty much the same way as it always has. And with the iPhone X... It's all gesture-based. There's not a lot of buttons to be pressed. There is a new side button there that does do some particular things. But as far as like the face of the, dis- of the device, it's all gesture-driven now. Okay, just in the time we have left here in this segment, there's something new called Animoji? Animoji. Right? What the heck is this? Animoji, Animoji. So with the front, uh, what do you call it, the sensor bar, um, there's a bunch of technology packed into there, um, more than I actually thought there was. But with the face tracking... You pull up one of 12 different emoji in iMessage, and it'll track your face. It'll track your expression, your mouth, everything, and you can talk, and you can record a message and then send it to somebody. So let's say you chose a puppy. Um, the puppy will, his face and voice, will it'll be your voice talking and your facial expressions coming through as an animated emoji. The, my first thought was, imagine showing this to a Saturday morning cartoon animator from the 1980s <laughs> right. and seeing what they would have said. This would have been like magic That would them. have been it for them. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that is a quick rundown of the new iPhone 10 here on Geared Up. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Geared Up on GeekWire. It's Todd Bishop with Andrew Edwards. Yes. We are just fresh off of Apple's announcement of the new iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. I still mentally have to not call it right, the X. Right, right, right. I know. I'm with you. All right. So, Andrew, one of my questions is, with the iPhone 7, the iPhone 8, you've yep. had the the Plus. Mm-hmm. So with the iPhone 10, it's just one size. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. There's no Plus model. So it's a 5.8-inch screen. 5.8-inch screen. But the actual hardware, is it larger or smaller than the iPhone 8 Plus. Well, for those who are watching, they can see this real quick. Um, and if you're listening, we'll just, we'll, we'll walk just you describe it. it. So what I have in my in one hand is an iPhone uh, 7 Plus. Yep. And then this is a mock-up of the iPhone 10, but it's a very accurate uh, depiction, with the exception of the color. Um, everybody expected three colors: uh, silver, black, and rose gold. And there's only silver and black. Hmm. But anyway. Maybe a short shortage of rose gold. Out right. There. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but if you look here, as I put them okay. next to each other, you'll so, see that the iPhone 10, despite being much smaller than the iPhone 7 Plus. As an overall device. As an overall device, the display on the 10 is actually much larger. larger. Oh. So since okay. it takes advantage of the full front of the device, man, it's 5.5 inches for the 7 Plus and 5.8 inches 
for the 10. I got to say, I, before you just showed that comparison, I was leaning very heavily toward my next upgrade being the iPhone 8 Plus, the Ooh. newly announced iPhone 8 I was going to ask you about that. So what are you going with? Now that I see this, if I can, you know, get together the, the cash. This guy <laughs> likes to buy old stuff. I'm surprised you weren't going to buy an iPhone SE. <laughs> Low end of the range. Right. <laughs> uh, I That iPhone 10 looks great. When you do that comparison right up next to each other, yeah. is, the, the iPhone uh, 7 Plus is a monster device. Right. It, with a, with a relatively small screen compared to the yes. iPhone, and that that to me is one of the best things of the bezel bezelless display, almost bezelless. Right, I agree. I agree. It's and it's it's much larger because it's not just the five point eight, but it's it's longer. It's a longer display because of the new aspect ratio. So it's thinner, so it's easier to hold in your hand. That's something I've hated about my iPhone Seven Plus, like. Starting with the 6 Plus, 6 Plus, 6S Plus, 7 Plus, I've hated how bulky and big they are. Like, I, I buy them because I want the dual camera and I want the larger display, but they, they feel terrible in the hand. My iPhone 7 Plus, I hate it. Yeah. And when I hold the iPhone 10, the, the mock-up in the hand, this feels way, way better. So I'm excited okay. about, about that. All right, a couple other things to run through here. Another thing that they announced is wireless charging. Yes. Standardizing on Qi, which is one of the That's wireless right. standards. QI is yes. how it's spelled. How big of a deal is that? It is a big deal because, number one, wireless charging is fantastic. If you have an Android phone, if you're an owner of an Android phone with wireless charging, which has been around for a long time, years, you know how great wireless charging is. Um, but... We kind of knew Apple was going to put wireless charging in all three of the new phones today, which is great. Uh, but what I didn't expect was for them to go with an open standard. I actually assumed that they were going to do the whole, um, you have to buy our proprietary wireless charging plate or whatever you call it, pad. And then if a third party wants to make one, they need to license the made for iPhone, uh, you know, they have to get the license and then then. Only and then only then would that pad work with the iPhone. But instead, they were saying, you know, you go into a, like a Starbucks or any of these places that have them built in, and since it's the Qi standard, you can use those as well. So if that's the case, that's pretty cool. That that was going to be my question. Has Starbucks because this is the power mat is the competitor, yeah. right? Has Starbucks standardized on one of one or two of those? I don't know. That's um, a good question. That's an sure. important question. Let's dig into that. Right, but you know, as as we've seen in this industry. You know, time and time and time again, once Apple does something, then a lot of people, a lot of other companies follow. So if Apple says we're going with Qi charging, um, I would expect to see a lot of companies start standardizing on Qi because not only is Apple doing it, but a lot of uh, Android smartphones also can use Qi charging as well. So I'm seeing two different things coming out on this. It looks like Starbucks initially started with the Power Matters Alliance, the other standard. Okay. But more recently, as of August of last year, they were starting to integrate some Qi wireless okay, charging good. technology. Now with Apple going with Qi, it seems that's like it. that would tend to be the standard. Yeah, that's it. That's going to be that's going to be the okay. standard going forward. So with that, Apple announced its own device. Yes, and this is interesting. So this is called the what was it called? The the AirPower Power Pad. All right, that's the Apple AirPower. Now, this is not launching alongside the iPhone 8 or alongside the iPhone 10. By the way, quick caveat there. iPhone 8 launches on uh September 22nd, but iPhone 10 doesn't launch until November 3rd. Okay. So there's a 5-week difference between the releases. So just put that out there. But this 
this uh, power device, this charger does not launch alongside either one. Apple is saying that this will come out in 2018. But what's cool about this and what's different about this, most people may not know this, is current wireless charging standards have you placing the device in a very precise area on the charging pad. So with this, with this charging pad, you can just place your iPhone, your Apple Watch, or the AirPods, if you get the new wireless charging case, you just place it anywhere on this pad and, and they'll can, start charging. And you can do multiple of you can those do multiple. devices at the same time. You put as all long three as of them fit. on there if you want yeah. to. Right. That is unique and different. That's something that we haven't seen yet. Um, PowerMat did make one that had three, but again, you had to put all three things in a very precise place in order to make it work. And this one, you just lay it on the pad and you're charging. So that's actually very cool. I was disappointed that it wasn't launching alongside the devices, though. Okay. All right. Before we go on from the discussion of the iPhone 10, let's talk about how it compares to the Galaxy Note 8. Okay. Correct? Yes. You've Galaxy got Note one 8. of those here. Yes. So how do these stack up specs-wise, overall impressions-wise? Give us your rundown Man, of the two. Both of these phones are, are packed with technology. I mean, the Note 8, I've been using this for probably a week and a half now. Um, it is powerful. It is... A beautiful display. The camera's amazing. Um, I kind of have the the only like my main negative with it, and it's not that it's a huge negative. It's the same negative I have with the uh, the seven plus, where it's just a big device to hold. Like I'd much rather hold my uh, Samsung Galaxy S eight or even S eight plus rather than the Note eight. As you can see, you put them side by side. The Note eight is larger. Note eight than, is larger than the iPhone ten in much correct. the same way that the eight. Plus will be larger than the iPhone. Yes. 10. However, the Note 8 has a 6.3 inch display, so it's so bezel to bezel. It's, it's bezel to bezel, and it's a much bigger display than the iPhone 8 Plus or 7 Plus. So this has this is this is the king as far as like display size goes, and this obviously has the S Pen in there, so you can take notes and you can write on your you know write on your smartphone. So that's something that the iPhone 10 does not do. Um, as far as facial recognition goes, the the Galaxy Note 8 will do facial recognition for me successfully maybe 20% of the time. Oh, really? 20%. Yeah, it's... So if they had done that on stage, Craig Federici would have been oh, uh, yeah. screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, this still has a fingerprint reader on it, the Note 8 does, whereas the iPhone 10 does not. So if So basically, facial recognition better be really spot on with the iPhone. Because there is no backup. The Note 8 gives you a backup. It says, hey, go ahead and use the fingerprint sensor if you want to. iPhone 10 does not give you that option, so facial recognition better be fantastic. All right, that is a solid rundown of the iPhone 10. Thank you very much, Andrew. Good yeah. stuff, good stuff. So we have a lot more to talk about. We will be right back on GeekWire. All right, welcome back to Geared Up. It's Todd Bishop. Andrew Edwards here. We have had an exciting morning. This was fun this morning, Andrew, because you actually came to the GeekWire offices. We had a little viewing party. That's right. That's right. We came in here. We watched it on the TV behind us. Yeah, I'm usually at home watching by myself, so it was interesting um, yeah, hearing was live impressions. It's better. I mean, it was on a big screen, and I didn't have. I could just like sit back and relax. You were doing all the work, typing up notes, and we had someone else publishing Kurt, Kurt articles. on our team, right? Was and posting. I was just trying to pay attention, trying to remember things to talk about later. Yeah. Okay. So good. So let's run down a couple more of the announcements. We've already done a lot on the iPhone 10. Let's talk about the iPhone 8. What is new in the iPhone 8 compared to the iPhone 7? Well, let's see. First of all, 
there is the glass back. It's always basically a new body. Uh, glass back. The glass back enables wireless charging. Gotcha. So if you were thinking the iPhone 10, you have to pay $1,000 to get wireless charging. No, you do not. The iPhone 8 and 8 Plus also support wireless charging. So that's number one. Um, I don't know that there's a lot to say about the iPhone 8. I mean, there is. Like, the the cameras are improved also. There's that new portrait mode that's enabled by better cameras. Um, was the iPhone 8 the one where they did that kind of shading over the person's face? Or yeah. was that only on the iPhone 10? No, that, it, also, occur, it okay. also occurred on the 8. So that is in portrait mode where the, the device is actually... So they were saying this isn't a filter, and I don't know if I'm educated enough to, to know the difference. But what they were saying was it uses machine learning to see what is happening with the light in the room and how it's hitting your face and then kind of highlighting that light in different ways. Uh, in a way that a professional photographer might with, right. with the actual lights in the room. Yeah, and so it's doing that and you can take the pictures and, and then you can change that lighting after the fact. So even after you take the picture, you can go in and modify how that looks. And that's pretty interesting. The Galaxy Note 8 also has a similar feature where if you take a picture using live focus, which is kind of their version of uh, the portrait mode, um, you can go in after the fact and change how much blurriness is behind your subject, which you could not do on uh, the iPhone 7 Plus. So that's another thing going on. And then there was the whole augmented reality stuff. So the cameras are good enough now to do AR. And I don't even know if that's, you know, would. It seems like AR is such a big feature that it doesn't even, it's not even, it shouldn't be confined to like a, a sub feature of an iPhone. Like it almost deserves its own conversation. Yeah. Like they were showing some really cool stuff. Yeah. Like you would be able to point your phone at a tabletop where a virtual game would be being played and you right. would see it through the lens of your phone and be able to move around that scene to, to do that. That was in the iPhone 8 as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was cool. Um, the cool. The cooler one to me was. They were sitting at a baseball game. Yes. And they opened up the camera of their device and they just pointed the camera at the field. That's right. That and was all the of a sudden, the players on the field are recognized by the camera. I don't know how. It's using location to figure out what game you're at. And then I don't know if it's reading like the numbers on their jerseys or what, but all of a sudden, above the players, it would show things you could tap on to see the stats for the right. game you're at right now, which well, is, I just don't understand how that even works. Yeah, so uh, GeekWire reporter Taylor Soper, who covers sports technology, has already posted initially on that technology. Okay. Check it out on GeekWire. And then he also, I'm sure, will follow up. But yeah, that so that is an enhancement to the new, or to the existing MLB at bat app. Yes. So that's uh, a popular app for people who go to the ballpark or follow baseball. So that'll be interesting to see how that actually works. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a lot about the iPhone 8. Let's talk about the Apple Watch. Okay. So I have to say, you've got an Apple Watch on. Yes. I am not an Apple Watch user. So explain to me okay. what is new in the Apple Watch Series 3 and why I should care. And should this cause me to start wearing an Apple Watch? Okay. Well, um, the Apple Watch, are you asking me why I wear one? eventually get to that, but I want to know what's new. Okay, what's new? So Apple announced the Apple Watch Series 3. Um, we weren't sure, at least I wasn't sure, what would be the difference other than LTE. That was pretty much a lock. There would be an LTE uh, chip inside the Apple Watch, and what that means basically is it can connect to your cell plan, your cell network. It's untethered from the phone. Untethered from your phone. So during the Apple announcement, they showed a phone call made from an iPhone to an Apple Watch. The Apple Watch user was, uh, what do you call it? Paddle boarding. Stand up paddle boarding. They're in the water paddle supping. boarding. Right. <laughs> so she she took the call while paddle boarding. And then they pointed out later, which I didn't even realize um, at the time, usually if I get a phone on my Apple Watch, I'm answering it like this. 
So I'm actually holding it up to my mouth and talking. Um, and I look ridiculous doing that. And she was paddleboarding. She just, she didn't do that. So she did was she just have talking. her AirPods in? She had her AirPods in. And then she was just talking out loud. And the phone, or the watch rather. No, I don't, even, I don't think she was using AirPods because he specifically said that the watch picked up her voice. If oh. she had AirPods in, the AirPods would have picked up the voice. So, and they would do that with uh, current versions absolutely, of the Apple yes. Watch. So the microphone is good enough to allow you to just talk. Talk. That seems nice. And have that have that conversation. I happen. saw that part too. That didn't land on me in terms. But of she the... was using she was using a paddleboard oh, though. So she had it. So she like did here. have it like chest height. Yeah, it wasn't just like at her waist. Okay. But still, that's pretty cool. It's but not, if you have your AirPods it's not like though, the Dick Tracy thing. That's correct. You put it up to your wrist. If you have your AirPods though. You, you don't even have to worry about that. But the Apple Watch Series Three has, uh, I think they said, seventy percent faster Wi-Fi, which is amazing. Faster chip, LTE built in, battery life is not taking a hit. In fact, it's more efficient now, even if you have an LTE model. And I mean, to me, these are all these are all wins. Like you can you don't you can leave your phone at home. You don't have to I mean, not that you'd want to leave your phone, but there are instances where let's say you're going for a jog, you can leave your phone at home not only for taking phone calls, but they have now an Apple Music app built in to where if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you don't even have to worry about syncing music to your watch anymore. You can just stream from Apple Music over the cell connection. So so does that mean you have to pay for another line? That is what they did not address. And the reason I think they didn't address that is because every cell carrier is different. So Verizon may say, you know, get an Apple Watch and add $5 per month to your plan and you know, T-Mobile may say $1, for example. I do think there's going to be some sort of price. Um, what I did see recently was wearables for some of these companies now are only a dollar or two per okay. month add-on because it uses your same phone number. So it's not a new line of service. Apple specifically said it uses the same phone number. It's just more data. Exactly. So it just connects to that same bucket or whatever. So in that sense, um, I think you just pay, you know, a couple dollars per month and then you have LTE access on your Apple Watch and really I'm thinking the Apple Watch isn't going to use that LTE connection unless it knows that it's away from the iPhone. Interesting. It'll which still means, kind of tether yeah, if it needs so, to. Yeah, so exactly. So to kind of save battery as well cuz if it was using, you know, LTE 24/7, I think the battery wouldn't, you know, wouldn't last as long. Okay. Do you have the price on that? Yes. Because there's there's a they're keeping the Apple Watch Series 1 around. Right. So the Apple Watch Series 3 will cost $399 with cell connectivity and okay. $329 without it. Oh, okay. So similar so, to how you would buy an iF- iPad with Wi-Fi right. or, or with LTE. So 70 bucks more for right. LTE. Right. So that's not bad. Yep. Not bad. So the Series 1 will now start at $249. Okay. And uh, they did not mention the Series 2. Series 2 is gone. I'm pretty sure it's gone. Yeah, that's... Because the only difference between Series 1 and Series 2 is the Series 2 has a GPS and is waterproof or much, much more water-resistant. So Series 3 has all that. So instead, they just get rid of Series 2, and Series 3 replaces Series 2, and they keep Series 1 around. Okay. All right, so that is the new Apple Watch Series 3. That's right. All right, let's talk about Apple TV. Apple TV. Apple TV 4K, right? Yes, that's right. So what is the significance of this? Obviously, higher resolution. Is that yeah. is that the biggest new feature of the, the new Apple TV? Um, in my personal opinion, this is just me, I think the bigger... The bigger upgrade is HDR, high, high dyna- dynamic range, exactly, and uh, Dolby Vision support as well. There's not many set-top boxes that support Dolby Vision specifically, which is a so HDR 10 
and Dolby Vision are the two HDR standards. HDR10 basically applies one layer of information across the entire movie or piece of content saying here's how to display it. Dolby Vision is frame by frame. So you can have different information per frame to, opt to really optimize the HDR experience. So I think that's the bigger thing. But 4K is also obviously 4K is like a checkbox. Like every set top box is doing 4K. What the hell is taking Apple so long to support it? It's finally here now. Um, they're also upgrading iTunes. So all, your, all the iTunes movies and everything will be available in 4K. The nice thing here, the biggest piece of news that I personally caught was they said any movie or TV show that you own in iTunes, you will get a free 4K upgrade, um, which they did not do back in the, you know, if you owned it uh, standard def before when they upgraded to HD, you didn't get a free upgrade to HD. You just owned what you owned. So they're giving you 4K content. If you own any iTunes content, you'll be able to just update that to 4K uh, day one. That's nice. But that's really... I mean, that's really, it's a much, it's a much uh, faster processor now. It's the Apple A10X, which is what was found in the 2016 iPad Pro. So that's a three-core processor, three gigabytes of RAM inside versus the previous Apple TV, which, which was an A8 processor, so a many years old processor and only one gigabyte of RAM. So it, it, it is a big upgrade, but it's an upgrade for people that like to either play games, use apps, or watch things on their TV using a streaming box. So really... It's a big step for Apple TV, but it's also just a big catch-up step because Roku and Amazon Fire TV and a lot of these other set-top boxes already do this. So for the pricing on that, Apple TV 4K is going to start at $179 for 32 gigs or $199 for 64 gigs. Uh, it's going to be available starting Friday, September 22nd. Uh, yeah. Pre-orders begin on September 15th. Yeah, pre-orders for all this stuff, with the exception of the iPhone 10, are September 15th. And all this stuff comes out on September 22nd, with the, with the exception of iPhone 10, which is November 3rd. Um, which is kind of crazy, because this goes on sale at midnight Western, you know, Western time, Pacific time. If you're in New York, you're staying up till 3 in the morning, to try to get all this stuff into your cart. And usually if you're buying an iPhone, that's the only thing you can buy. You have to check out separately. So then you buy an iPhone, then you go back because you want to buy, let's just say, the Apple Watch. And now that's sold out because, yeah. you, you know what I mean? So hopefully, hopefully it's not that big of a mess. But yeah, uh, Friday, September 22nd is going to be a big day for Apple releases. I'm curious, though, how well the iPhone 8 is going to sell, number one. And number two, did they put this gap in between the two to ensure that some people because when the iphone 8 goes on pre-order this friday there are going to be people who who are saying to themselves well i want the x i'm going to get the x later but i want something new now the 10 yeah <laughs> oh oh i messed up the iphone 10 i know that's going to be a problem everybody's that is going to be an issue people are going to be calling this the x and other uh, people, are gonna, the people who are like the, the uber geese are going to be going oh, it's it's really right just 10. like just like osx people <laughs> used to right, call exactly, it osx exactly. it's always 10 yeah we should have known me. when the leaks came I out know. that it was going to be 10 it's 10 years after the iphone anniversary why right. didn't people make that connection i'm sure somebody terrible did. okay so hey so that is a really good rundown i think it's a good sort of briefing on what Apple announced today. I want to take a big step back, though, here okay. as, as we conclude, Andrew. So they had this 
event at Apple's new campus in yeah, Cupertino. Apple Park. It was the first public event in the new Steve Jobs Theater. Mm-hmm. They started out with a retrospective on Steve Jobs. They uh, had some comments from him about uh, the effect of products on the world and the, the ability to impact right. the world with products. They concluded with Jobs' quote of Wayne Gretzky's classic uh, skate to where the puck is going, <laughs> not to where the puck is, which is kind of a cliche at yeah. this point. Clearly, they were trying to channel some of Steve Jobs' energy here. Do you feel that they lived up to his legacy with these releases? Um, I mean... It, it was a different world when Steve Jobs was around, quite honestly. Like, there were, there what iPhone back then was pretty much like the pinnacle. Like, Android was playing catch up. And after he died, I'm not saying it's not because he died, but after he died, Android, or not, not just Android the software, but Android devices got really good. Like, Samsung phone, like this Samsung Galaxy Note 8 is one of the most premium devices you can hold. Three or four years ago, Samsung devices felt like a Band-Aid, and they were plastic, and they were cheap feeling. The software was fine, but, I mean, it was terrible. And now they make some of the best hardware that you can that you can get. That has nothing to do with Steve Jobs being alive or not. Um, so I think what Apple's really doing is they're trying to show, you know, we can still innovate. We still have cool ideas. And, they like, that front sensor, you know, people might just be seeing it as, oh, it's just for facial recognition. Like, there's a lot going on there that no other smartphone device has. So they, they are still trying to come up with new things. And I think we're going to see them do new things with this technology. Like next year, sensor bar, whatever you want to call it, is going to do even more. Like I think that's a big like face things that face you instead of facing the world um, and, and the facial recognition and what they did. Which is the Animoji. That's like it seems like a silly thing, but there's a lot of tech going on there. Here's where I am. Apple reinvented the personal computer. They reinvented the smartphone. They reinvented the tablet. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for Apple's next reinvention. And it feels like they keep reinventing what they've already reinvented in some ways. I'm waiting for the next big thing. And actually, I was really disappointed when Tim Cook said uh, one more thing before the iPhone 10 unveiling. I was hoping that the one more thing would right. come after the iPhone 10 un- unveiling and they would actually announce the next big thing. Which That's is? what I was hoping for. I think it's going to be some kind of augmented reality headset device. I think they're going to come into this market where Oculus and Vive mm-hmm. and Microsoft and who knows what the heck Magic Leap is doing, yeah. where all these players have been kind of piddling around for the last few years. And to me, the Apple of old would have already come in and said, Actually, this is how you do it, and here's our new device. Ain't this a great new world? Well, I mean, they do do that, and but you have to look at like when they when they announced the iPad, Microsoft had been trying to push tablet computers I know, for a decade. That's exactly the point. It's a decade. It's not that AR they're the is first. Not Ten years old. No, but it's not okay. All right, AR is very new, yeah. and I think what they're going to be doing is they're going to be taking data from these new devices with people are starting to use with AR, they're going to take that data and they're going to crunch it over the next year. And I think next year is when we see uh, those AR, whether it's a headset or pair of glasses or something like that. Not this year, but I think next year. I think you're close. You're just a year off. Okay. Great stuff. Hey, thank you so much. I took a poll, by the way. I took a poll on Twitter. If you're going to buy a new iPhone, which one will you get? 60% said iPhone 10. 22% said iPhone 8, and 18% said iPhone 8 Plus. Now, this is your followers. These are my followers, yes, but these are also people retweeting that. This is 379 votes. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, a lot of people are not scared 
or at least my followers, are not scared by the $1,000 price point. But again, same thing. Galaxy Note 8, 930 bucks to 960 This phone, this is the most pre-ordered Note device in history, even despite last year's issues with the Note 7. So the price of these devices are not scaring people away. And I've been telling people, just my, my own opinion, I touch my smartphone more than I touch any other electronic device that I own. If I'm fine with paying $2,000 for a MacBook that I use way less, I, should be, I shouldn't have a problem using paying a premium for the one device that I rely on more than any other. Good stuff. All right. Hey, if you've listened this far, I have a favor to ask of you. And if you, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go to the Geared Up page on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review, and uh, that's that really helps other people find the show. So, yeah, we appreciate that. Thank you, you very like much. If you like the show, let us know. Absolutely. And don't forget, you can get all of the subscription information at geekwire.com slash geared up and subscribe to the Facebook live feed mm-hmm. at GeekWire on Facebook or go to youtube.com slash gear live to get this show and all of Andrew's great shows. He's got some great hands on. Oh, thank stuff. you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for watching. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time on Geared Up. Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gear live and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.